Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Oatari Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man whose doppelganger is actually a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. <laughs> I am the Adam Glass, and someday I will be murdered instead of him. <laughs> yes, and your life will be fulfilled. <laughs> life will be fulfilled. <laughs> All according to plan, Pat. All according to plan. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And and you'll walk around as a weird ghost who who makes a weird reference at some point about the fact that, boy, it sure would have been useful to be invisible when I was alive. <laughs> Which I thought was really probably the best line in the movie, frankly. Before we get into the movie this week, I want to talk about our Patreon, patreon.com slash lostincriterion. Mm-hmm. Over there for a dollar a month, you get access to a bonus episode. It's always a non-criterion film, or at least a film that is not part of the Criterion Collection when we record the episode. Uh, we've had one graduate into the Criterion Collection. I mean, let's be clear. Eventually, it will be all of them. <laughs> all films will be in the Criterion Collection yeah. eventually. That is, that is, as far as I can tell, that's, that's the process they're building that to. we're building spine, yeah. spine number 5,000 in the Criterion Collection is going to be a box set of every film ever <laughs> made. Every, every movie. <laughs> and we'll have to talk about it in one hour, Pat. <laughs> it's just a subscription to Netflix. <laughs> You buy a box set, you just get a... Uh. Uh, you also get to vote on what we're going to watch over there. Uh, so I put together a little list every month, and everybody, $1 and above supporters, votes on the list. And whoever, whatever movie wins that poll, uh, we watch. And every month... And you should all do that more often. Yeah. Please exercise your right to vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, yeah. Listen, I, I would love for more people to... Uh, to give us a dollar, but just general advice: exercise your right to vote. Every uh, every month, uh, every list contains the choice to make us watch Kazam, the nineteen ninety six children's film starring Shaquille O'Neal as a as a genie, uh, and we've watched it once because of that. And uh, I regret putting that on the list. Uh, I I don't because we've already seen. That it's not even the worst it is movie not, we've watched. It's not at all the worst movie we watched over Like there. we have watched several that are worse than that <laughs> movie. So like at this it's point, true. it's a nice safe harbor because frankly, it's not the worst. It's fine. Yeah. It's bad, but it's f- I. I really think honestly, uh, it 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 doesn't deserve the shit that it gets. No, no, no. no. From everybody who runs a bad movie podcast, it is not it's even. It is not bad. even the worst children's film from the nineties we've watched. Uh, yeah, exactly. As part of part of the Patreon, uh, but uh, but but the children's movies from the '90s maybe aren't even the worst movies we've watched as part of. No, that. yeah, I I what I think it is is I think it's Shaq's presence. I think that's what gets it. That that do you think there's this weird thing that like the sort of it's not weird, but the sort of flip side of of the sort of fame equation is if you're like. Films with famous people who aren't actors in them, yeah, are much more likely to become notorious. Sort of written off as as something that uh, that this person paid to have made, right? And then and then the net result of that is is that when you know in these sort of bad movie podcast phenomena, they they get extra special attention because they feature that person who, in theory, paid to have this thing created for them. Uh. I don't know if that's the case for for Kazam. I I don't, but like I think that's why it is so maligned. It's yeah. really whatever. It's probably fair for a little extra over there. Five dollars a month. We uh, we like to thank those people on air. Uh, so thank you to Adam Speakerman who's been supporting us at that level for uh, a good long time now, and we're very grateful to have him. And for yes, new five dollars supporter Christopher Otto who just popped in this past month. Uh a little above that, $10 and above, we do something that I think is pretty dang special. Pat, do you think it's pretty dang special? 
Uh, I know that it takes time out of my life, <laughs> but I enjoy doing it, and so I guess it's special. It's special. There you go. It, uh, I, it uses time I could be spending with my children <laughs> to the point where, actually, to be fair, most of the time, those are drawn at least 50% when the, with the kids standing next to me going, what are you doing, Dad? <laughs> what? Excellent. What, Excellent. What is this? Where is this going? Because the process by which these things are made is baffling to all who view it. <laughs> Myself included. I I gotta I'm on board with that too. Uh so what Pat alludes to is that he makes a piece of art based on one of the films we've watched recently, a visual piece of art. Uh and I get that visual piece of art printed up on a postcard. And then I write a little thank you note and mail that off to our ten dollar and above supporters. So thank you to Jason Westhaver and Michael McGrath for your continued ten dollar and above supports. Uh, you've both been supporting us for uh, for a good long time as well, and uh, we are yeah. grateful for it. Thank you. This week we are starting off a box set, a collection called Three Films by Hiroshi Teshigahara. Uh, it is actually going to end up being something more like Seven Films by Hiroshi Teshigahara, because while the three named films and spine numbers exist, uh, one of those discs contains four short films. That we'll be dedicating an right. episode to at the end of uh, of this series. Uh, but the first film in the collection is Pitfall. Yeah, it is. Uh, from 1962. All three of these films, I don't know about the shorts offhand, but at least the three uh, main films in the collection are all adapted from Kobo Abe novels um, made in collaboration with Abe. Uh, I believe Abe working on the script as well. Uh, Teshigahara and Abe had a very close relationship uh, for at least the length of these movies. Uh, apparently, they had some sort of falling out or at least falling apart uh, after uh, after the last one was right. filmed uh, and did not did not work on again. Uh, though Teshigahara's life kind of made that happen too. Uh, in 1979. His father died, and his father was the headmaster of a, uh, like, flower design school, like like floral arrangement design. Yeah. Uh, And uh, despite the fact that his sister had been working with his dad uh, for years, uh, Teshigahara took over the family business and became the headmaster of the school, uh, which, sure, checks out for Japanese society. Uh, and probably a lot of other places, societies. I can't. <laughs> that's not on Japan. <clears throat> that's on patriarchy. Uh, but uh, but he completely stopped making film for like a decade, if not more, uh, right. when that happened. And uh, and when he came back, the movies he made were not as let's say inventive and uh, and interesting as uh, as his collaborations with Abe. Thanks very much to Abe's writing, but also thanks to Tashigara's eye. Uh, and uh, yeah, these are all these are all fascinating. Uh, actually, on the uh, on the Patreon, one of our uh, the last movie up there as of this recording is uh, the Swimmer from 1968, which is an American movie that feels very much like a long episode of the Twilight Zone. And I think that's also right. true for all three of these movies. Uh, they all. Uh, they're all surreal, um, and they all very much. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't... mean, I would say, eh, the in in a weird they they're like Twilight Zone episodes if they focused on the wrong thing in the Twilight <laughs> Zone episode. You you know what I'm saying? All right. Like, no. What I mean is, is like the Twilight Twilight Zone. There's a lot of fascinating stuff about it, but. Because of the format and everything like that, it has a tendency to hyper-focus on the thing that is weird. You know what I mean? Like, the thing that makes the situation unusual. Does that make sense? You yeah. Know, do you know what I'm what I'm saying? Whereas in these movies so far, because they have more time and they're more concerned with sort of social commentary. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, Twilight Zone is super yeah, interesting yeah, I, social commentary, too. <laughs> okay, I'm not trying to say that's not true. Uh, what what I mean is, be, I think it just is a format thing. Yeah. Um, these kind of meander and like, can it just exist in the in the unusual surreal space? Whereas Twilight Zone episodes have to be have to get to the fucking point. These movies are uh, much much like a lot of 
uh, Japanese film and, and Japanese horror, particularly, I think of uh, uh, Quite On, um, the ghost stories yeah. uh, that we've experienced. We've experienced. Uh, these movies are about uh, living in that atmosphere more than uh, more than the plot coming to a point, so to speak. Right. Yeah, um, I would agree. Now there is plot in all of these, and it does mm-hmm. it does it tells a story that has a beginning and end. Uh, but right. Uh, but I get what you're saying in that these are more more about sort of the setting and the feeling and the right. atmosphere than a normal Twilight Zone episode would be. Well, so I do right. it I do it a disservice to compare them to the Twilight Zone because they are. I, but I agree yeah. what you're saying though. They they have that surreal element about them, yep. and and they are trying to make a political point. The difference probably being that these are trying to, in, to a certain extent, trying to make those political and philosophical points by making you live in that environment. To right. a certain extent, you right. know what I mean, like making you as the audience participate, a, a participant in that, right, kind of surreal, fucked up system. To maybe put put more directly into words, the Twilight Zone is more interested about preaching at you, uh, and didactically right. sort of telling you what's going on uh, than these are necessarily. Now, now that's only right. true of the worst of Twilight Zone episodes, I think. Um, that's I yeah the no, very I good agree. ones I, are I, very much also about atmosphere. I think of the monsters are due on Maple Street is is hardly yeah and and I think but. the problem I probably what I'm operating on is that in my mind I've to a certain extent I like the Twilight Zone yeah. but in my head over time I've boiled it down to the ones that I think are the goofiest <laughs> right right see not the best ones see but in that's, my head I've that's gone, our problem here yeah. is that I only remember the good Twilight Zones and you re- only remember the goofy <laughs> Twilight Zones the goofiest so. shit yeah 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 we have a problem that's yeah. our impasse that's right our here impasse. That's, that's it uh, but yeah Pitfall uh, from 1962 um, this is uh it's an interesting movie. Uh, it was originally adapted, the, the novel by Abe was uh, previously adapted as a television play just called uh, Purgatory, um, which also makes sense as a title for this. Uh, what did you say that uh, Pitfall's uh, oh, Japanese uh, The title real name translates? would be Fall Down Hole. Fall Down Hole. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh, the... Uh, the DVDs for this also contain uh, film essays uh, by uh, for each film by film scholar James Quant uh, that were all shot in 2007 for I think the I think for the original Criterion release of these. One of the things that Quant brings up in this, he calls it a documentary fantasy. Uh, in kind of a similar way to. Uh, I think of Sweet Movie and WR uh in that they are they are surreal looks at society uh but use particularly here in Pitfall use uh very emotionally retching documentary footage in the middle of the narrative. Right. Uh um in the instance here it is scenes of the hard work of mining the starvation of the people the workers around the mining industry and bodies being pulled out of mining disasters. Uh, right. So it has those documentary elements of particularly of documentary, actual documentary footage, but is also a story about real life. Uh, even though it has many fantasy elements, it is the, the plot line could be pulled from the headlines. I don't know that it is, but it very much could be. Uh, the, at least the main murder plot, whereas, right. uh, whereas it, yeah, no, it, it does. That all feels very. I mean, yeah, there's there, there are the surreal elements, but that all does feel very realistic. To yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a movie about labor. It is a movie about uh, miners, which we've seen plenty of other Criterion films about miners in our day. Uh the uh, Proud Valley and. Uh, Harlan County, USA. I mean, of course, yeah, yeah. Harlan County is the one that, yeah. that pops to, to mind most readily for me. But. Yeah, this is similarly uh, oriented uh, in the uh, in the path of those movies to say that uh, the uh, the powers in charge are oppressive and will do anything <laughs> to stop you <laughs> from organizing. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 
it also like uh, like Parasite that came out last year and uh, and won an Oscar last week of this. Yeah, week let's for, let's be careful not yeah. to ruin it for me because um, I haven't been able to yes. get a an English ver- like an English subtitled version of it yet. Yes, uh, but like Parasite, um, this movie also shows that the uh, the labor class has successively been turned on itself uh, by those powers right. as well. Uh, and uh, infighting in the labor unions uh, is uh, is exploited to uh, to destroy both those unions in this movie too. Um, right. Yeah. And and the the next one we're gonna watch digs into a little bit more about like this one does, but in a very quick and simple way with just a murder. Yeah. Or a, a series of murders, really. But like, um, whereas uh, the next one digs much deeper into the idea of like convincing worker class to devour itself yes yes uh so that the that the proper way is to allow itself to be devoured too yeah Uh, which uh which certainly uh in japan you can take that to a buddhist stance but uh but the uh the religious framework of the of the west uh certainly allows for that exploitation too uh, and the entire right. idea of the Protestant work ethic and uh, and God's mandate for your life is uh, is something. So it's it's. I, I suppose I just say that to get ahead of any interpretation of this as, right. as some sort of Hinduistic or or Buddhistic uh, karma thing going on. It is these 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 movies want you to know you're being exploited, uh, even if society is trying to determine that in a different way uh but yeah um i like that this movie starts out with uh a couple of guys being way 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 too subservient to a man who is not paying them (laughs) right uh, as a as a trick for them to run away (laughs) like one of the first lines i wrote down is well if you pay us we'd owe you if we didn't find coal uh which is right which is such a like in that in that moment I wasn't reading him as being sarcastic at all yet because I didn't right yeah and I'm like, well that's uh that's that's a guy who's been brainwashed into uh right into a but you know when when you when he but you know keep in mind that uh he's using like it is a trick but it's a trick that's playing into what people want to hear right, right? like it, right. it's whenever a character does that kind of thing in a movie it's actually telling the audience what people are right. expecting what, to hear what, right what society expects to be said yeah. uh yeah and it's it's uh not exactly great that they desert this one minor in order to be <laughs> go and be <laughs> exploited on a grander scale in a in a different mining operation uh but yeah um I also think it's an interesting choice that we never see the photo that the next boss pulls out. Yeah. He just says, hey, look at this picture. And clearly our main character recognizes himself in the picture but does not recognize yeah. the situation or remember this picture being taken. But we yeah, never yeah. see He's it. Like, Wait, what? Which is, uh, yeah. which is kind of weird. I don't know why we I, wouldn't. I'm but... okay. Well, because honestly, though, if you look at the way the movie's plotted out, yeah, there we don't ever see it, which is true. That which is a weird choice, but like, not necessarily a bad one or anything like that. Um, it definitely wants to kind of have that Twilight Zone thing going on yeah. at that point, where like there's a certain sort of mystery about the whole thing. Uh, it drops that sort of mysteriousness pretty quickly. Yeah, well, but it definitely tries to build it at first. One one reason I think it's weird. Uh, is is sort of periphery to to what you're saying there, uh, and what you said in the intro about our main character wishing he was <laughs> invisible during it while he was alive. Uh, there's so many themes of like voyeurism and watching in this movie that to not show us right. a thing seems weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see what you're saying, but like that you're you're I agree that that is true, but. 
maybe that's part of the tension that the movie's trying to create. Yeah. Where like the one thing you don't get to see is the thing that like right. is actually essential to the plot. Right. <laughs> right. And of course eventually we see the other guy who is in the picture and yes, they right. do look alike because they're played by the same actor. They're the same fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. But also <laughs> Also, the uh, the guy in charge, the guy who sends him on his way to this, uh, is so clearly in on it from the beginning. <laughs> well, I mean, he's so clearly a villain. Yeah. Like, like oh, I mean, right from the beginning, right? Sh- like, who tells that dude to just jump? Yeah. Like, right, right. What an asshole thing right. to do. Because he can't. But but then he shows him the picture, and instead of like our main character doesn't even ask any questions about the picture, really. Uh, but the guy's like, here, sh- see this picture? Yeah. Uh, I need you to go over here and just stand there for a little bit uh, and don't ask any questions. And uh, and our main character jumps at the chance because it is uh, it is more work and he is desperate for work uh, because he needs to eat. and uh, Right. And, and feed a child. And feed yeah. a child. I mean, there's... Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, I mean, for me personally, like not to like kind of derail the conversation, but for me personally, that is the most upsetting part of this film. Yeah, like just straight right to the way is there's just this kid now mm-hmm. who has just gotten not, not connected to anything, just floating through the world. That's deeply upsetting. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I found that very hard to watch. The kid is already throughout the film disconnected, though. In his own yes, absolutely, totally true. Yeah. But it gets worse right. once, like at least he had a person to follow around, right? Which is not a lot. It's not saying a lot, but it is a thing. And then now, by the by, not that far into the film, he doesn't even have that. Yeah. That kid is just literally just without any, totally untethered. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's barely tethered to begin with. He's the only one right. who sees the man following them, the man in white. Uh, even after his dad dies, he is still sort of as tethered as he had been. It's interesting that the uh, the only well, yeah, time I mean, the kid cries is when spot. the doppelganger yeah. dies. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I think, though, that that may just be like the movie trying to reinforce to us just that these people look identical. Right, right. And how firmly uh, I don't know. firmly disconnected this kid now is, uh, as right. evident by, uh, you know, the the immediately after that we have him running through an empty city as we track him from blocks away, right? Right. Uh, he, is, he is alone now, wholly alone, uh, even as he uh, had managed to survive alone beforehand now now that's in question too right right uh but yeah it's um the stacked metaphorical value of this movie is just there is so much going yeah. on <laughs> yeah i mean this movie has got the uh, problem we've encountered this a couple times before where the movie has actually packed so much stuff to think about in into itself that especially for like a 90 minute film that kind of trying to break it down is going to be really yeah quite difficult yeah it's uh it's almost worthwhile maybe to to think about things uh that maybe don't represent something else and 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 maybe and then kind of like as a process of elimination or something uh yeah, I mean, yeah. I was kind of surprised that your intro did not uh, talk about uh, the fact that the police managed to draw a chalk outline in a muddy, muddy river bay. <laughs> yeah, no, they, uh, I, 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 that is, that's a good point. That is, it's pretty great. I kind of forgot, but that is a good point. Yeah. Um, the scene where the investigator is, uh, comes to the candy shop and ends up raping the shop owner. Yeah. Uh, actually led to two assistant directors quitting the movie. Uh I can see that. Yeah. They found they found that scene to be outlandish and arbitrary. Uh Yeah, see here's the thing though. 
I can see somebody making that argument, and I understand why that argument would be made. Mm-hmm. But if your point in the movie is to just sort of tell people just how fucking arbitrary and <laughs> fucked up this entire right, thing right. is, like it makes it, it does make sense. It is I, I understand why they quit. The point. Like I get it. Yeah, it's just like these. Uh, you know, again, we're we're talking about pe- you know human beings just essentially devouring each other uh, to survive, and and you know a, a certain element of that is things like that just being a part of societies it, it it i you know i think it actually gets the message across quite well because or at least one of the messages across quite quite well because it just happens for no fucking reason right which is the whole point it is like it is authority uh exercising itself in the worst way imaginable for the only reason totally being because reason, it can't yeah. and yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is the point of the movie. So, right. So it is not, it is not arbitrary in that sense. Uh, the action is arbitrary, but the action is the, the arbitrariness of the action is why it's in the movie. Right. Right. So, um, and it is, uh, it is not that outlandish, I'm sure as much as these assistant directors may want it to be. No, I mean I think I mean like I said I understand why they why they felt that way because it, I think probably during the making of this film it would be very very hard to pick up on the fact that this movie is just about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it because again, we're talking about a thing where we were sort of at right at the beginning, at the very beginning about the fact that the plot exists, but the plot is not the point. Right. Not not really. The 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 world, the the thing you're living in, is the point. Uh, and I think that that could be really hard to pick up on when you're. It's also in the middle of making a movie. It's also very easy to watch, let alone work on a movie, and not understand its broader themes. Right. Right. And just understand it as at a at a plot level. That's you know. Listen to our older episodes. I'm sure you'll you'll hear plenty of us doing that too. Um. But uh, <clears throat> so I understand uh, them, even if they were familiar with the entire story being told, which obviously they weren't because they, it's still the f- movie's being made. But even if they were familiar with it, they could, in the grand scheme of the plots of this movie, see that as arbitrary uh, because it is right. it is a peripheral character being raped. For, right. I mean, it is arb- it yeah. is arbitrary in the fact that it is not a part of that plot. Right. Really. Right. Uh, but yeah, the the plot itself, I, it's it's it is hard for me to imagine a world where you could see this plot itself and not think that it is saying something broader about society. Um, but well, I mean, we're <laughs> we'll get to dig into that really hard next episode. Yes, but like yes. about misinterpreting <laughs> what this is all about. But um, yeah, I mean. It, yeah, you you have to wonder, right? Like, although at the same time, right? Like, we've talked about this before, and I, and it, it's becoming more and more clear to me when you see things like Parasite or something like that, and just the coverage around it, oh, and yeah. things like that. That people, a lot of people, watch a lot of movies that are very clearly about something and don't fucking get what it's about, or or understand it, or don't want as to. being about something and think it's important that it's about something, but but don't internalize any of the lessons of it whatsoever. Right. Yeah. And 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 I really think, especially with something a li- I mean, this is calling this complicated is probably yeah. not fair. This is not actually that complicated, but. If you are not, if your brain is not primed in the right way, you know what I mean. Like, if your brain's not primed in the right way, you can easily watch a movie like this and think it's about about the violence itself, right? Rather than about the antecedent to the violence, or that it's just a noir where the bad guy gets away at the end, right? It's right, yeah, exactly, totally, yes, right. absolutely. Like you, there's a lot of interpretations of this film. That are that are probably wrong. Yeah. I mean, in the sense that, like, we again, I don't know if they can technically be wrong, uh, just given the nature of interpretation. Right. But we we would we definitely do not think are correct. <laughs> uh, and and that's you know that's I definitely I'm sure of it that people 
watched this and said, "Ah, uh, yeah, it's it's a, just a gritty murder mystery with a weird surreal element tacked onto it." You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just it's just a movie about a murder plot. Yeah. And then a ghost town too. And then there's just a bit of ghost, a yeah. bit of ghost tacked uh, dropped in there because it's 1960 whatever. Yeah. And it's not even like uh, that's the really the really interesting part here that even even in death, our main character isn't trying to solve his murder. Uh, you know, some of the pieces fall in front of him so that he gets more information about what's going on. But but uh, he's just. Oh, this happened. <laughs> well, right. I mean, too. he's got he's got that thing going on where like he wants to know. Yeah. But he's not gone into detective mode. It's well, not this is not called ghost detective. Right. Right. Uh and it's not meant to be that, but maybe that's also part of the point of uh of the view of hell here is that uh you get moments where you want to know something, but you're never able to hold on to wanting to know it, right? Right, yeah. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it does paint a really the afterlife picture that this paints is is, I mean, obviously quite sad. Yeah, but you know, this idea that like, yeah, he kind of wants to know, but like his life has become even somehow more arbitrary. Yeah. Uh. So like, he can't continue pursuing that actively. Uh, doesn't seem to have much interest in knowing anything or doing anything and we 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 meet other ghosts that have clearly succumbed completely to that oh yeah state of being right? yeah the uh the cosmology of this afterlife is uh incredibly like terrifying, terrifying. <laughs> the, like yeah. like the movie the movie being released under a name purgatory or in another ad- adaptation of this story uh this is not this is not an idea of purgatory this is hell this is this is yeah no yeah totally you spend your afterlife uh, in the place where you lived, being unable, being able to view but unable to interact with, uh, time moving forward and all of all of the people around you who you knew moving forward, uh, and also being forced to relive the circumstances of your daily life. Uh, that is yeah. that is the worst hell I can think of. Yeah, no, I I agree, and I mean. As a commentary on like what you were doing in life and how that was torture, yeah, yeah, especially if you extrapolate it out over yeah. eternity, yeah, is 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 not. It's a good thing to have in a movie about these kinds of things. Uh, I don't like to think about yeah. it because holy crap, the people um, the people who are just forced to mime the actions that they performed in life. So it's not even. There's no meaningfulness to even the action you're doing right you're right you're not even producing anything at this point right right so it's well yeah. and 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 as a commentary on the fact that probably it wasn't that right right it was its meaningfulness was dubious at the time <laughs> right. that we were doing right. it anyway yeah um but like i just like the you know obviously we get into the same thing that i i've i've talked about this on on maybe on the podcast before but explaining to my my son the fact that like you know, if ghosts were real, we would be walking through a sea of ghosts all the time. <laughs> all right. Like uh, from various, which which we taught well, you and I cooked up a, yeah. an interesting movie plot based on. I don't remember exactly what it was, uh, but something involving me as a samurai or something. <laughs> but um, just the idea that like there's that he's not walking like it's even more pressing for him, right? Like that that thought process, right? right. Because he's in a world. Uh, that's hab- inhabited by visibly by those ghosts. Yes, and he is in a town that's probably been there for gonna go out on a limb and say probably at least a thousand years. Yeah. Um, just based on the sort of way that Japan works, uh, town's been there a long ass time. Uh, like he shouldn't even be able to fucking see. It should just be fucking wall to wall ghosts and just be like, oh god, it's very crowded here. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, 
not to not to not to rag on their cosmology because I know what the goal yeah. of this movie was, and and it has nothing to do with it. It's just a thing I can't ever right. not think right. about. There's actually there's uh, uh, there's a uh, Mark Twain short story. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, the main character goes to heaven, uh, and uh, there's Mark Twain writes this as a uh, a satire of uh, sort of understood Christian theology at the time too. You know mm. the general the general uh, theology of uh, American religion, social religion. Uh, public religion uh-huh. you know that is heavily steeped in christianity but i like to think is differentiated from it right yeah but, no uh, i yeah i, I understand what but you're anyway about. um in it uh he posits a heaven that looks just like earth but is like 10 times larger just to accommodate like 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 uh <laughs> you know physically larger so america is still america and shaped like america but it's just everything enormous everything's like, even stretched more... out so that uh, so that everyone could fit. Um, nice. Yeah. So he he thinks about that critique. The uh, the the ocean yeah, of space, ghosts. man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. There are there are a lot of dead people in this town, but maybe not as many dead people in this. Town not as, as many there as there should be. be, and some of them should be to- doing totally wholly unrecognizable activities. Yes. Yes. It's like oh well, we haven't done that for a thousand like. That guy over there is just hunting deer for some reason. <laughs> well, a thing that don't even live in this place yeah, anymore because we killed them all. Haven't been deer here for five hundred years. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then all the ghost deer that should be there. No, uh, we won't. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we I mean, won't that's apply a, that that's a whole other matter. Other, because other that, I mean, never mind the fact that this, this, yeah, I mean, this guy is broken with with the generally held uh, sort of theology of uh, of Japanese society completely. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. None of this makes any sense in that context. <laughs> right. right. Uh, I will say, or shouldn't we all be just drawn to our parent, like our family's house, every year, once a year, and stuff like yeah. that? It's going to be complicated. <laughs> maybe they do get a little break. I, I, uh, I, I maybe told you this, but I was very fascinated recently to to read of uh, the the mytho- mythology around the Irish saint Saint Brendan. Saint Brendan the Van- Voyager goes on. Uh, goes on a voyage into the the Atlantic that has clearly has no uh the stories about him uh that were written a couple centuries after his life uh are Irish epics they're not they're not meant to be biographies they're they're Irish epics uh but uh one of his adventures he uh he meets Judas Iscariot the the guy who betrayed Jesus to the authorities that led to right. the crucifixion uh who is in western uh, literature canon, uh, <clears throat> the worst, or at least one of the worst sinners, as far as uh, general Western theology goes. Uh, Dante right. puts him at the center of hell with uh, with the people who betrayed Caesar, um, and Dante was Italian, so that that ratches that up. <laughs> what he what he thinks about the guys who betrayed Caesar up, uh, but uh, uh, within Saint Brendan's journeys uh he meets judas sitting on a rock in the ocean and the ocean and the the rock is constantly being pounded by waves but they calm as as saint brendan approaches and judas reveals that this island this little rock he's allowed to (laughs) staying on is where he gets to spend holidays from hell so every every sunday and the entire easter season and the entire christmas season he gets a uh respite from the fires of hell uh, oh, there you go. To, to sit on this island. Um, so he gets to, he gets to travel. Um, uh, so yeah, they, they, I'm sure that these guys all get drawn to their family, <laughs> yeah. their family homes every August where they get to hang out in, in their family's living room and watch each other, watch people fight with each other. Yes. yes. <laughs> and be completely, um, get real tore up and yeah. drunk. But but be completely unable to uh, to put a stop to that and to interact with it. Well, I mean, it's not doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> well, the getting really drunk. It's the fighting part that I'm more. <laughs> right, the getting drunk's fine, um, unless it leads to the fighting, and then maybe it's a problem. But well, yeah, we we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the plot of this movie that. Uh, 
that they murder a guy who kind of looks like the well looks exactly like the uh the head of the uh uh union in order to trick the two union well, guys well one of the unions yeah one yeah. of the unions in order to trick the two heads of the unions uh into thinking that the other is capable of of such a plot uh it's a pretty ingenious plan i got to be well, it's ingenious in the same way a lot of TV show murder plots are ingenious in the sense that it requires a supernatural level of human understanding. Well, yes. Like, to be able to predict what people will do, which is always something I find no, frustrating. No, no that is, in your that is plot, why I plot. think the, the last line of the movie where where the assassin says everything according to plan is itself a joke, right? It's, oh, yeah. No, totally it is. Absolutely yeah. a joke. There's, there's totally. no possible way this was all planned out. It just happened to to fall the way they See, wanted actually, it to fall. Here's the thing, though, is that I'm I'm still not a hundred percent convinced of exactly what the plan originally was. <laughs> right. I kind of think he. Th- I kind of think maybe they thought it was the real union boss. It's very confusing. Uh, that way, I think there is just in the sense that like. It's got that element to it. There is like, a moment who where who knows this isn't the union yeah, boss. There's a moment where the uh, the union boss who looks like our main character uh, does say, and his associate they talk that when they're talking to the reporter, uh, who maybe isn't really a reporter. I was kind of unclear on that because the reporter knows things right. that maybe he shouldn't know, and then doesn't yeah, want to talk yeah. about them um, <laughs> about the other union being shut down. Uh, but uh, but they put it together that. Uh, that the union leader should have been in the vicinity of where the murder took right, place. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but wasn't. So it's the uh the thing would have to also have been manufactured to make it look like to the union leader that not only was someone who was looked like him murdered, but that it was an elaborate plot that would have caught him in a trap except for some random act. Uh which, yeah, even further, if that's everything according to plan, then the assassin has some sort of supernatural ability here. Uh, yeah, and I don't. Well, I mean, to be fair, there's supernatural. There are supernatural things, things happening in the film, but the assassin himself is right. Is not. He's <clears throat> you know. There's an interpretation of this film I ran across uh, of the assassin as fate, um, and I don't. Okay. I think it's more. It's more to the point of what I draw from this film if the assassin is wholly human. And it's, it makes more yeah. sense. I think it makes more sense in terms of the commentary of the film. Right. I, <clears throat> I, think, I think the problem we run into is a thing, again, we're going to talk about this even harder next episode. Right. But is, is there's a desire by people who really, re- there, and this is probably true of, uh, this has definitely been true of us, and it's probably going to be true of us in the future and, and things like that. But there's this thing that happens, I think, where you know, yeah, you mentioned it earlier, actually, where it's like you know the movie's supposed to be about something. Yeah, like there's clearly a a a, a commentary here, but something in your mind rebels against actually identifying what it is. Yeah, and so it has to create really elaborate scenarios to to satisfy that that don't touch on the thing that makes you uncomfortable. Right. Right. And that's how specifically, and that's how Parasite ends know, up winning an Academy Award. <laughs> well, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Is is the idea? You're like, well, this is definitely about something. This is definitely meaningful, yeah. and it's uh, definitely but striking I, the right nerve with the people today. Deal with the fact that it's capitalism, yeah, right, right, and and institutional power. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't deal with the people that, deciding so. to give uh, Parasite Best Picture are are in part the people who are being critiqued by parasite oh yeah for uh, sure well definitely yeah and then i mean they're yeah, and then just yeah, because totally. of things like that happening we get so many interpretations of people saying well which family what are the real parasites in the parasite in the movie parasite and the answer is it's the rich people guys it's not it's, yeah well yeah uh, let's it's, it's not like overcomplicate and i think that's true in this film for sure like people look at this movie and they can't deal with the fact that it is just a commentary yeah. On the fact that the ruling class will do fucking absolutely anything. Yes. To make sure that your union doesn't survive. Right. To, to make sure to that you don't have any chance. Yeah. 
including but not limited to just random murder. Right. And and you know, you can you can you can read various levels of nuance and its commentary on sort of power structures and things like that, but those are nuances only. Like that's the main point right. is this guy in the white suit is very clearly sent by the people who want to make sure that the unions fail. Right. Like that's the end of it. That's and the whole thing. The ghost thing is really just a way to have an observer who can watch without causing but also, trouble. But also the ghost thing leads to an, in moral equality between the man who is actively murdered in this assassin plot and the man who is killed in a mining disaster. No, yeah, absolutely. Right. It, it does. It does paint the an, uh, victims uh, yeah. in the same way. They are the right. victims of the ruling class. Well, and that's an interesting thing you you bring up because we don't in this universe we don't encounter any ghosts who are not right workers, right? Ever, like we don't know what you know. As far as this movie is concerned, the cosmology does not include the wealthy. The wealthy never die, Pat. That's. Yeah, I mean, may, maybe I don't know. I mean, that's a fascinating thing because, like, we don't with, with and you know, it's a thing you got to deal with, right? When you deal with especially surrealist art, is that like all things don't have to be explained. Right. Like, right. we don't have to have an answer to the question: What happens to rich people? Here, I'll give you an die? answer. the uh, The rich people are the ghostly wild dogs that we see on the ridge toward the end of the movie. Uh, Fantastic! Are, I love it. Perfect. They're reincarnated, not as not as uh, actually. Uh, doing their job in life, but as metaphorically doing their job in life, right? That yeah, no, I'm as cool scavengers. with that. I'm fine with that. Uh, I mean, to to be fair, I mean, when I talk about the breaking from standard Japanese, uh, you know, theology and philosophy, I mean, that's the problem is nobody's being reincarnated right, right, in this right. fucking <laughs> shithole. Yeah, like every everybody's just a ghost. Right. Maybe you're a ghost dog. Yeah. Maybe you're a ghost person. <laughs> Why not? But you ain't going anywhere. That's for sure. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it, you know, all of that also reminds me of the, the hubbub this week when one of the guys from, uh, a, what, Trapo Trap House or whatever that's called, uh, posted an image of Salo uh, labeling as uh, Pete Buttigieg's uh, campaign headquarters was one of the force-feeding scenes from Salo, just a still image of it. And the amount of people who obviously knew Salo was trying to say something, but uh, but like us... Don't know what it's about. But like us on First Viewing, don't really oh, know yeah. what it's about. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, certainly not yeah. episode three or right. whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah, it's it was. way too early. Um, but, also, but also all that hubbub was uh, a bunch of people who had no idea what Salo was and maybe half read the Salo Wikipedia article before making commentary on it too. Um, nice. But uh but yeah, you know. Whether Boy, or not the, the Salo Wikipedia article is a trick yeah, too. Whether or not Virgil Texas's post uh is uh meaningful in any manner, there are just a lot of bad takes about Salo this week. <laughs> oh I'm sure. Yeah. I'm glad I, I am glad I missed that entire yeah. Yeah. shit show. Uh, that's 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 probably for the best. But yeah, but yeah, Solo Solo is another movie in this vein, though, right? It is about the, the oh, yeah. abuse of power, and uh, you know, it's not even you know. There's and, and actually, Solo is not surrealist, but <laughs> Solo does fit into the same category of just making you fucking exist in this nightmare. Yeah. Like Solo is, is mostly what it is. Solo is horrifically absurd in very similar ways to this movie. Right, right. Um, but Solo is uh, there's no there's no cosmology in Solo. Uh, there's no afterlife. well, and that's what makes Everything it a little bit less surreal. Where it right? happens, but but Solo also also deals with the voyeurism and the viewership of this happening, mm -hmm. and the uh, the being completely so downtrodden that you have to uh, you have to become a member of the society in order to survive. Right. Right. Well, right, and that's I mean, but that's the yeah. that's the always the case, right? Like yeah. the 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 thing we're the the thing we're in right now, this nightmare we're in right now requires you to participate. Right, in it. right. You have to. You have to. There's no not participating in it. You know, there's no there's no universe where you don't 
where you don't have to participate. Right. Right. And dropping. Oh, I hear you want to eat food and not die. <laughs> perhaps like, you would like. Hope uh, you're ready to participate. Perhaps you would like yeah. a place to stand or sleep where it is not raining or cold. Sorry about that. Well, we know how you can do that. <laughs> and then you have to join. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the thing, right? So it's. And obviously, um, we'll we'll talk more about that aspect of this next week as well. But they are, yeah, for sure, they are the yeah, same. Yeah, next thing. week's episode, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, this is this this episode in many ways for me. I I watch them in the wrong order, but yeah. it's very much a prelude to that because right. I don't feel like this movie. This movie does a decent job. The next one does a better job of just fucking just smacking the face a lot right, with right. the whole point. Yeah, it's 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 um, actually also an interesting choice, spine number wise. Uh, to show us Pitfall and then uh, The Woman of the Dunes and then The Face of Another uh, because The Woman of the Dunes is generally considered to be the peak of of the three movies. Well, and, I mean, they, they really the they really were going for the whole the whole storytelling motif, yeah. right? And so well, we're going to peak and then we'll have a denouement at the <laughs> right, end, which is a movie go. that maybe isn't quite as, yeah. quite as successful or popular. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's also. Uh, I haven't actually watched the the third one yet, so I, I, I can't either. speak yeah. to its quality. But it seems that generally, generally, uh, woman of uh, woman in the dunes is, and that makes sense based on what yeah. I've seen so far. Regarded, I mean, yeah, and this is there's nothing wrong with this movie. I mean, like it gets the point it's trying to get across across, as far as I'm concerned. Right. It's just that probably, honestly, to a certain extent. The fact that it is still couched in a murder story, to a certain extent, ruins what it's trying to accomplish. Well, Not because it's a bad thing; it's just that you get caught up in that part. Yeah, I think that's that plays to uh, some issues. I think with uh, with the current state of horror films, uh, something like It Follows uh, is very you know it's it's about a monster uh, that uh, that follows you. Uh, in much the same that our man, <laughs> yeah. man in white, does to our main character here, and murders you if it catches you. Uh, but uh, uh, enacting society, societal norms of uh, of uh, settling down and into a monogamous relationship, uh, push that push that monster back. Um, and that's you know it follows definitely also owes at least ideologically to Pitfall and. Uh, Woman in the Dunes too. Uh, it's uh, you know, and so much, so much of modern horror that tries to say something grander about society, and a lot of a lot of horror that's very popular right now is doing that. Uh, the Witch, uh, Jordan Peele's films, certainly uh, Hereditary. Uh, they are, uh, you know, they're not. They can be understood plot wise and watched and enjoyed as popcorn horror flicks. Uh, but they are also trying to say something more, and uh, right, and it's not. I can understand watching a movie and not getting that something deeper, but it is not how I watch movies, at least anymore. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, that's you know, there's a couple things we have to think yeah. about here that's a problem. You and I are kind of broken now. Right. We have, um, we have watched nearly four hundred Criterion films. So. Yeah, I am almost fundamentally incapable of just enjoying a movie. Yeah, like I mean, I enjoy them. I like, I misspeak. I actually enjoy them. Oh a yeah, lot. yeah, yeah. Uh, and when I watch a movie, I I deeply internalize it because of this. But like, I can't not think about what it's trying right, to say. I, right. It's not possible anymore. I think that um, actually is why when I read now, I only read nonfiction. <laughs> uh it is it is similar to the same reason I watch garbage television. Yeah, yeah. Like absolute trash television because it is a freedom from that. Like I don't you just don't have to engage. I actually have a really hard time watching episodic fiction television. I love it. Yeah. But now I can't it's gotten very hard yeah. because I can't not try to process it that way and it actually and a lot of it's not set up to be processed properly. Right. Like a lot of like a lot of fiction episodic TV content is just not set up to do that with. Like you can't the way the stories are encapsulated per episode and things like that just don't allow you to do that well. Right. Um you know, 
Doctor Who's easy because it literally always has a point every fucking time. <laughs> right, right. Doctor Who's uh, getting so more nice didactic and recently, and I don't, I don't say yeah. that as a fault. Um, actually, but. yeah, it's just, it's just like, well, I think they're trying to fight back against the thing we were talking about earlier, where right. like a bunch of people are like, "Hey, it's just supposed to be fun," yeah. and then yeah. they're like, "Oh, we're gonna make you, we're gonna make you fucking understand <laughs> right. before this is right. over." It was never fun, okay. <laughs> It was never we were never fun. having fucking fun never, here, people. It was never just fun. All right. There are fun. Right. But. Well, I mean, we've always been having fun, but it was never just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and you see that in other things. Like, I mean, um, for example, I watched The Expanse, and yeah. it deals a lot with the idea of power structures, and, and, and that and is, is meant to be read into. Whereas sometimes you're like, oh, this is not supposed to be read into, but here I am. Oops. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to overanalyze everything, um, and, that, and that makes it's a, it's a great place to what, be. What really hurts me on that end is uh, because that's how I'm primed to engage with movies. When yeah. a movie is trying to say something but is bad at it, it makes me so much more yeah. angry now. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yeah, or alter- or when you discover it's trying to say something that's stupid and bad. <laughs> right, you're right, like, oh no, right. here the, I am and I'm in the, this movie now. I have to be right. here. Where the only interpretation is one that's absolutely uh, gut-wrenching. Not a good one. Yeah, and you're like, oh no. Like, I already committed yeah. to this. I'm stuck with it now. I think about, oh, no. I think about Ad Astra uh, a lot recently. As Which I have not said. seen. Uh, but... Even from the preview, you know the plot of Ad Astra is... Uh, I luckily have not even seen the preview well, then, of Ad Astra. I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry, uh, but I'm going to okay. ruin it. Uh, the plot of That's Ad okay Astra... That's okay because no one has described it in positive <laughs> right. terms, so the, I guess I'm never going to The plot of Ad Astra is Brad Pitt goes to space to find his dad, and his dad doesn't love him, uh, and doesn't love any humanity, and maybe wants humanity to be destroyed, uh, and there's nothing else out there. And... Uh, yeah, uh, the idea of uh, <laughs> Space Dad doesn't love us anymore is such low-hanging uh, <laughs> religious <laughs> criticism as far as I'm concerned, and that's all I can read into it that I cannot elsewise enjoy the movie. <laughs> so Yeah, I understand what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, spa- well, Space, I'm, Adam, going to go on a limb. Space Dad doesn't love us. Ugh. Um well, actually, I like I like the idea that we can come full circle and go full deist <laughs> in modern t- in modern movies. Yeah, yeah. But yep, Space Dad doesn't give a shit about us anymore. Space Dad's out there, <laughs> but uh, he just doesn't give a yeah. shit. And yeah. sometimes the things he does accidentally negatively affect us. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's not because he wants to hurt us; right. it's just because he doesn't give a shit. Right, right. Again, again. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about it. It's it's. Ad Astra is such a 19th century, or really even 17th century deism in its message. Yep, yep, that totally, that's like, amazing. That I'm just like, I love it, I, that's amazing. We settle, I, we moved past this already, guys. Well, Say to, something to more complicated. Fair, though, <laughs> fully 50% of films are Calvinist in nature <laughs> that's, anyway. That's also fair. Okay. That is also, and like, that so is if, 100% at least true. deism is a fun yes. trick yes. in the sense that like it's not Calvinism, <laughs> right. thank God. Right. The number of movies that are just well, you're fucking doomed because that's the thing that's you're, yeah. that's planned for you. It's like, oh yeah. my god, you're predestined to this. Yeah, like I'm so I. Oh. And of course, of course, the yeah. Calvinistic predestination is is also what I was talking about earlier with with the idea of baseline karma that so many other films. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, East bad would, understandings yeah. of like yeah. of people who who probably should read I don't know a couple more books. <laughs> right. right. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I think maybe we've talked enough about Pitfall than that we haven't talked at all about Pitfall. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. that checks out. I mean, <laughs> no, we've because well, I don't want to run through the plot. Right, like, you can right. watch the movie and get the plot. Right. Like the plot's the plot. I mean, it is a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I I think you you hit the nail on the head. Probably literally the most meaningful, one of the most meaningful elements of the film is when he runs into the miner who died in the cave. Right. And I it is a it is a it is a just sort of subtle, not subtle, but like it's not the plot, but it's the point, right? Um, like to a certain extent, and and you know, the fact that like the 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 entire the entire strata of people 
that this movie is actually about destroys itself. Right. But is induced to destroy itself by a class we don't even get to see. Right. And that's the thing. It is induced to destroy itself. And and that's the point of the movie, right? Yeah. Is that that we exist in a social structure that induces us to destroy ourselves. And that is a problem. And stop yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that it, it extends, it, you know, it, it's primed to extend eternally in every direction, right? right? Like, on us, right? Like, you're going to do this until you die. And then that's it. That's what you did. And, like, by, you know, we, we joked about the cosmology, but the reality of the matter is, is, is a view where you're just stuck with that, obviously, is hell. Right. But if also the only life you got was that thing that you did for 20 or 30 years that induced you to destroy yourself, that's and then there's nothing after that, that's also right. just bad. No. Like, no, this ah, is... you died in a mining accident because they induced you to put your life at risk to make them money, and then that was the whole thing. Another function of the cosmology of this film is to show that this happens eternally in the physical realm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this is your spirit right, you continues an to enact this, but your yeah. children continue to enact this. Your... Right, right. Uh, to give us, yeah, a more expansive right. view. And actually, I wonder to a certain extent. Like, obviously, the ghost element gives us the ability to have a an active camera, right, right, right. That is and that's the big thing. Alive. Yeah. But beyond that, I think probably there had to have been a choice, probably in the original story, to get that point across that you're talking about. About the idea that like this, there are already this space is already inhabited by people who already did this, right. and will be further inhabited by people who will continue to do this in the future. Right. They're like your this point in time is not special with regards to the manipulation right. of the of the working class by uh, and as, the upper class, as long as or, we, or, or other power structures, as long as we focus I mean, on individual or group survival. Uh, enough to allow ourselves to be exploited by that higher group we will continue in this cycle right right and that's that's this movie is not hopeless in that it shows us explicitly what is wrong uh and uh and in that tells us what we need to fix right while the movie does right. not show it being fixed or even suggest perhaps a path to fix it uh, well yeah, no. I mean, in, in that sense, the movie is bleak in the right. sense that, like, the influence of that upper class is yeah. hidden from all the characters right. in the film until they're dead. Right. Uh, which is, it's not hopeless, but it's also, is definitely right. a terrifying representation, an accurate but terrifying yes. representation. And we get we get two two inroads to that view. One never interacts with anyone he doesn't murder. Right. And the other is the media who accidentally lets slip that there's a grander scheme here. And then yeah. and then says, wait, what was but that about, about Union 1 being shut down? He's like, uh, no, nothing, no, I didn't. Nothing. I don't think I said that. I, <laughs> no. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the representation of the media in this movie yeah. is pretty awesome in the sense that he just goes into this weird denial mo- yes. mode where it's like, we all heard you. Yes. Like, we were all there. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, this... <laughs> Like I said, we could, we could, we could keep talking and, and talk about more minutia that is representative of something bigger. Uh, and there's plenty in this movie uh, yeah. because every shot is just full of it. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, this is. It's maybe time to bring this to a close, just because I'm yeah. so much more excited to talk about women to in the tunes, and we're yeah. recording that right well, after we're this. Well, I think we're going to run into a similar problem in the next one because it's even more jam <laughs> right, fucking packed. Right. right, absolutely, same problem, uh, ratcheted up a little bit more. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so this week we've been talking about Pitfall from 1962. It is the film kicking off our box set of three films by Hiroshi Tashigahara. Uh, each of these films also a collaboration with novelist, screenwriter, uh, I think playwright as well, uh, Kobo Abe. Uh, look forward to the rest of this series. Uh, you're with us for a month in it, so I hope you enjoy it as well. 
Yeah. But yes, thank you for listening to Lost in Criterion. I am, as always, Liam Glass. With me, as always, John Patrick O'Hare Dorgan. We'll see you next week for Woman in the Dunes. Listening to Lost in Criterion, hosted by John Patrick Oatari Dorgan and the Adam Glass who edits it. We're a production of WithTwoBrains.com. Jonathan Hape does the music. Check him out at JonathanHape.bandcamp.com. And hey, if you like us, why don't you give us a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash lost in criterion. We'd appreciate it. <laughs>